There's a fun fact that we can start off with if you want. Sure, if you have, if you know, you just it. you just made me think about. I, I assume we're going to talk about the burger place at Nova. Yeah, uh, which will then lead into I have eaten a cheeseburger every single day in honor of Jimmy Buffett. I don't know if that's by happenstance or if I'm doing it on purpose, <laughs> but to honor that man's life, I've eaten a cheeseburger every day. So are you Is, you in paradise? Uh, oh, <laughs> needless to say, <laughs> needless to say. I'm I'm excited. Uh, now, why why did is that what he ate or did he like create the hamburger or that's, something? Come on, like, that's like the co- song. That's his song. You don't want me <laughs> to sing mean? it. You, sing well, it. you might get sing you might get it. copyrighted. Your whole podcast will get cut. A cheeseburger in paradise. <laughs> I like mine with lettuce and tomato. Mine's fifty-seven. Dakota, you haven't heard. There about we this? go. No, I, oh my I, god! Right, Give it up right. to him. I don't. All right. I, I haven't heard that one. I'm, I'm, right. ex- I'm going to have to listen to it afterwards. I'm not well, a musically uh, a musically gifted man. Well, you have to go to his restaurant at least. Have you have you been Wait, to Margaritaville? Oh man, yeah. He, the, the guy's heck? built like they're definitely going to come out with some cool documentaries about his life because he has a very interesting life. But yes, he, you know his music has spawned like a whole culture, which has then in turn spawned these restaurants slash resorts. So you can go to, cause one of his songs is Margaritaville. Um, and you can go to Margaritaville, the restaurant and order, you know, themed drinks and food. And, you know, obviously the staple dish is the cheeseburger in paradise. So that's dope. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah no, I feel like yeah. I've seen a Margaritaville in the Valley once, you know, I'm listening to it right now. And no, I've never heard the song. <laughs> really? <laughs> I like it. I I, I may start uh, eating a hamburger or a cheeseburger every day uh, to, to on your quest. You know? Well, yeah. I mean, see, now it's uh, it's all in my head because I'm thinking like maybe that's maybe it was Jimmy Buffett looking down on me that helped me get my ticket. You know, I ate that burger that night with you at Lucky Buns, the infamous yep. Nova restaurant, mm-hmm. and then the next day I had a hamburger deployment. Hamburger deployment, right? Into <laughs> breachers, into breachers, which is probably the best deployment I could get into that matchup. And I won that. So I ate a hamburger for lunch and then I won my next match. Was that against, so, was that against Adrian Martin? No, that was against uh, Mark French, the guy who had the absurdly oh, Mark nice. French. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The display yeah. board, the guy who won best painted. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mark French yep. was also a really cool dude. He a had, really cool I, dude. I played him during the team tournament and uh, he had a, he had a cat. But it was a canine assist, assisted training unit. So it was, yep, a dog. it was a dog. It was a dog. Yeah. yeah. It was amazing. No. But I think now, you know, not to get off the hamburger tangent, I'm going to eat a hamburger from now until Atlanta every single day. Fair enough. To, to keep that going. What's your Fair hamburger so. place of choice? See, I like to make my, I have one of those like Blackstone grills. Oh. So I'm, I've been just making them. Um, but if I had to go to a hamburger place, it, it's got to be Five Guys. And this is a big West Coast, East Coast, you know, beef, no pun intended. I I personally find In-N-Out to be subpar. I said it. Um, oh, my cat just jumped on there. Yeah. Jack uh, just had a stroke. He had a stroke. Yeah, I think. Uh, have you? Have you guys? Do they have five guys on the? On yeah, the we have five yeah, guys okay. out here. They have. They probably have a really good fry. 
Um, to me, it, for me, it's the price ratio, right? Like when you look, at, when you go there and you're like, yo, I want to get this burger. You're spending like nine, 10 bucks. When you go to In-N-Out, you get like almost the same quality and you're spending like four ninety nine, four eighty for a double That's double. Fair. And you're that like, fair. it's like, bro, I could eat two burgers or like one five guys. So I definitely think that In-N-Out is like a really good burger especially for the price point. And I don't think that any, any, any other burger chain out there can beat that. I cannot argue that. Um, the only thing I'll add to that is you have to try if you're ever in like the South. So like Maryland is kind of that, that barrier right underneath that cookout burger. Ever try that? Ever heard no. of it? No. no, that's, that's like a lesser known chain. It's more in like the Virginia all the way down to the Carolinas. Um, and if you look them up, you can get like an absurd amount of food. They had one in a college town kind of close to where I'm from. And uh, that was like their northernmost location. And you could get like two burgers, chicken tenders, a milkshake, and a large fry for $15. It was oh, wow. crazy. Yeah. See, like now here's like one thing I want to shout out is Gino's out on the East Coast. That's when they, that's where I went. The plasma spammers took me there to eat a possible burger or chicken and milkshake and old Bay fries, all that good stuff. But the place that I want to really shout out that I really enjoy their burgers. We don't have in Santa Clarita uh, where I live is uh, shake shack. Do you guys have any shake shacks out in the West coast? In the West coast, we got, I mean, uh, East coast, East coast. <laughs> we have a shake shack. We d- definitely do. I'm just in more of a, like, there's not one close to me, but I, I think it. there's definitely one in, uh, in like the Baltimore area. Cause I'm, I don't know if you know this, I'm like two and a half hours away from Ryan and Eric and Dan mm-hmm. and all those guys, the, the Woodley warriors. I'm you on the very, the beach, right? Yeah. I'm right at the beach, um, across the bridge as we would call it in Maryland. So other side of the bridge rather. Gotcha. Yeah. Shake shack is where it's at. In my opinion, I think it's, uh, I think it's real good. I think it's even better than Five Guys. So I'll put I'll put my put my foot on the line right there for that. Well, you're gonna have to listen to all the Jimmy Buffett, and I'm gonna have to go try Shake Shack. Yeah, uh, it's pretty Figure good. It just saying, they, they have good shakes too. So just saying. Um, but I mean, <laughs> so does In and Out. I mean, if we're gonna get into a shake shake argument, you know. But like, well, that's good. Uh, you know, I'm not really a big shake guy. Never mind. I don't want to be in this. You're argument. not a <laughs> shake guy. <laughs> like they're fine. I'll get a vanilla shake. Sometimes Neapolitan shake. But like, I don't, I don't usually get shakes when I go somewhere. Okay. So Nick, uh, we've never had you on the pod before. So, uh, something we always ask everyone, right. Is, uh, what deployment type food are you? So are you oh. pizza, nacho or quesadilla? Because oh Giacomo, gosh. apparently the non shakers out there don't, <laughs> they eat quesadillas. So yeah, I mean. I figured this question was coming and I'm going to give you the most unsatisfying answer, which oh. is I'm, I'm, I'm a non-food guy. Um, you're a triangle. I'm no, no, not even. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just that weirdo that just says diagonal because, and this is how, this is how I, I rationalize that. All right. Okay. In pre in preschool, right. The, uh-huh. How the whole hamburger hot dog came about was they would say, Oh, fold it hamburger style, fold the paper hot dog style. That's how I remember hamburger hot dog. For diagonal, the, my teacher just said fold it diagonally. The, she didn't say any food, so I just associated with that. Um, so I'm I'm out on the because I disagree with all the the options. Um, in my opinion, there's no piece of pizza that looks at that angle 
What, what kind of a triangle would that be? Have you not seen the video I posted on uh, Discord? I, I'm sure I have, but it's, <laughs> I don't know, you know. I just disagree. Uh, I don't. I don't want to start off on a bad note here, but Fair yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just Fair diagonal enough. guy. No, no pizza. He's, he's a he's a diagonal. Like there's squares and then there's diagonals. You know. Yeah. So where is? <laughs> That's all right. You know. Some guys just like to watch the world burn, man. There's no there's <laughs> I, no food on this one. I just watched <laughs> The Dark Knight yesterday. It's on Netflix again. Oh, that's good to know. He's ready to watch the world burn. Yeah. Well, Dakota is the Batman. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's great. He literally <laughs> is the Batman. <laughs> you still have that suit? Did they let you keep that? No, I made one myself because I wanted to keep playing. Uh, I wanted to keep playing Batman. So I spent like two grand and made one myself. And then that spawned my business. So everyone's, everyone that has bought my tokens before should thank uh should think batman there you go that's an origin story <laughs> yeah batman also thinks it's pizza deployment by the way so uh, i'm sure he does <laughs> <laughs> well everyone this is the squad games podcast i'm giacomo that's dakota and today we're joined by nick like we already mentioned but i have to throw an intro in this show because you know i do that at some point yeah we like to like talk hear ourselves talk and roll dice right g Oh yeah, shit. That's a thing we used to say. Yeah. <laughs> Which speaking of dice, can they still buy dice? They sure can. They can buy dice on lustersworkshop.com. And when you do that, it helps support the podcast uh, and uh, all of our events. So appreciate everyone doing that and uh, look forward to, you know, uh, more people getting some of these dice. They're pretty, they're really pretty. They're orange and blue slash purple because some of the pigments mixed but is know, that the one okay. you uh gave me at nova it I mean, is you, you gift me this is a very nice dice it Do you only have... roll sixes right and our oh, six day squad games hey, look that's go ahead g <laughs> you know you won with you were using dice i don't know which dice could be those could that's what be. i was gonna say uh-huh. that's how, that's how i beat dakota i just used the one dice he gave me the entire game i was just like can you wait real quick while i roll this three times three sixes <laughs> yeah it was uh it was a great time um at nova uh how did nick how did you enjoy your tournament could you take us through a couple of your matches um you know and tell us how how things went because you know something that was interesting before we go to that at lucky buns i you you asked me to choose between two beer cans and now i didn't know what i was choosing or what was going on at this point in time but can you tell us which two beers you were you were holding in your hands yeah yeah no so this was um this was to pick the team I played. And actually, I don't even think you knew this story, Giacomo. But um, basically, going into Nova, I had narrowed it down to wanting to play either the you know sweaty chaos cults or uh, the blooded. Um, reason being was I've, you know, I'm comfortable with blooded. Um, I played them at KTO. And with the chaos cults, I had played them pre-nerf at ACO, did pretty well with them. I only lost to actually Shane in the mirror match at ACO, came in, um, I think, third or fourth there. So missed out there, took them then post-nerf to Goonhammer, which was an excellent tournament held by Travis uh, from the Brooklyn Rats. Um, and they, they did okay. And that was a, that was an all open tournament. So at any rate, going into Nova, knowing that it was a mixed tournament, I was really torn between, uh, blooded or, or cult at that point, because I do think hot take, I do think that cults while they're still, I would say a, a, a tier, I'll put them at a tier. I don't think they're quite an S tier anymore. That's just, again, my hot take. I think they're a little bit more balanced than they were before. I didn't really think they could win, uh, Nova. With, with commandos at least looming in the um, in the field, which 
you've done the stats, Dakota. How many yeah. Commandos players were there? Ten of them. Yeah. So and they're all piloted by really, really good players. Exactly. Exactly. So taking that into account, I was just like, look, I don't even know if Colts can do it. So I brought both teams to the tournament. Um, and then the night before the GT, I was sitting there still undecided. And of course we were at dinner with Ryan, um, Plasma's fam, our, our team captain. Uh, and I was like, what should I play? He's like, I don't know. You got to decide. And there were two beer cans in front of me and I picked them both up and I put them under the table and I looked at you and I said, you know, right or left hand. And you said right hand, and I pulled out that can. That was the can I gave to Blooded. So drawing straws, uh, for lack of a better term, but with with beer cans. So <laughs> let, let me let me ask you uh, let me ask you a question now. Whenever I I always prefer my right hand, so I always go whenever I'm like we always throw rock right for rock paper scissors, um, which we did multiple times during the That's tournament. Good. We kept yeah. tying, um, <laughs> <laughs> but like. Uh, I always prefer right-hand turns. I like turning to the right. Uh, you know, maybe it's because I'm autistic. I don't know. Um, so whenever somebody gives me the option to choose right or left, I usually choose right. Um, how about you? Oh, I would I would just mix it up. I don't you know. You mix it, it up? Just, okay. Yeah, it's like a random question, you know, right or left. Right. Uh, sometimes I might just say, oh, left. All right. Fair enough. So. Fair enough. Fair enough. He's like a coin flipper. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rn Jesus or Rn Jesus? Rn Jesus, there we go. Exactly. Rn Jesus. That's what that was. I mean, <laughs> we didn't have true. a dice on us at the time, so I was like, "Hey, these beer cans will do," and I'll mix them up under the table, and Dakota will just decide if I do well or not. Basically, or <laughs> what I play at least. You <laughs> what, know, what a, what a decision too. Now, I thought when you talked to me, you did say uh, during day one, if you did bring Colts, you probably would have beaten every player that you played um, up until that point. Uh, with the Colts. Yeah. Did I say that? If I did say mm-hmm. that, I mean, that's probably accurate because I got lucky on day one in the sense of I pulled. So my first game uh, was into the dark with Dan, which was intercession. Um, so obviously Blooded's very good into intercession. Um, and I think Colt would have been just as good. The second game was Mark French and his breachers, as we just discussed. Uh, that was on open hamburger deployment. And I think Colt would have done well on that map. Um, but the th- actually, sorry, my second match, that was my third match with Mark. My second match was Shane, Legionaries. Blooded into Legionaries, typically a good matchup for them. Uh, but Shane came out on top with that one. I don't know if if Colt would have done any better. Shane's obviously a great player. He came in second. Um, and he's you know finished top at almost every tournament he's been at. So I don't know if Colt would have helped there. And then my last match was against Kellen Foster. Uh from Kel team, one of the, one of the big West coasters. Um, and I, I took that by a very, very, very narrow margin. Um, we actually got called on time. And if that had gone, if we had more time, I firmly believe Kellen would have won. So compliments to him, but, um, yeah, maybe the, the one with, uh, Shane would have swung if I had cults, but, uh, but no, I got lucky in that sense that I had three into the dark one open with, uh, day one at least. That makes sense. Um, yeah, I still find Colt. I was, I mean, how surprised by the the meta were you that about what teams actually showed up? So again, having come from uh, from Goonhammer Open just two weeks before, I really wasn't surprised because there were two, at least four. It was a smaller tournament. I think there were only like thirty people there, maybe twenty or thirty people, mm-hmm. and there were at least five 
Commandos players. So I kind of figured that that was going to be the meta, especially because, again, we were on open boards. Um, So I wasn't too surprised by that. Um, I thought there would be more Legionary players, but I think there were only, what, four at Nova? Um, There's five. Five? Okay, yeah. Um, So, yeah, I mean, the meta didn't really surprise me too much. I I think I I share your opinion, though. I didn't think there'd be as many Vet Guard players as there were. Um, Yeah, that that surprised the shit out of me. Yeah, what a crib, right? You know what was cool though was the more I went around and looked at uh, everyone's models, a lot of the vet guard players were all traitor guard. I don't know why I thought that was funny. They just modeled them up that way. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, Strom Strom brought blooded as vet guard, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And then there was a lot of other. I think it's probably one of the easier conversions. Maybe that's why. Um, maybe people don't like the Krieg as much as Games Workshop would hope, <laughs> or maybe they're just. Uh, the oldest uh, kill team version of them, you know, um, you don't see a lot of commandos conversions because like, it's really hard to make things that look better <laughs> than commandos. Yeah. Commandos Those really commandos have an amazing sculpt. sculpt. Yeah. And when you, when you have like humans, it's like, Oh, you can proxy, you know, Cadians, you can proxy like, Scions uh, or action know, heroes, action you know? heroes, action heroes, you know? yeah. Yeah, blooded, whatever. Um, yeah, it's pretty interesting to say the least. Um, yeah, I uh, I had a lot of interesting things happen to me on my way home. Did, uh, how, when you left, did anything weird happen? Did or anything weird happen? Yeah. Um, other than being exhausted, I mean, no, I kind of just went home. Uh, I got a cheeseburger on the way home because, again, I've had a cheeseburger every single day uh, <laughs> since for, for Jimmy. And uh, no, I got to my destination and passed out pretty much. Yeah. So on my, uh, I, I wasn't uh, when I was leaving to the airport. Um, you know, I got a ride from Dan, and then I got to the airport. And I'm glad I got there as early as I did because I was like on California time. I'm like thinking California, LA traffic, LAX, you know, like you have to get there two hours ahead of time. And, um, you know, it's from Baltimore and, you know, I probably didn't need to do that. But when I went through TSA, they pulled me and detained me for 45 minutes because they thought I had a bomb in my bag. They didn't know what my miniatures, I know I haven't even told you this. So at 5 a.m., TSA pulls me to the side, detains me because they think I have a bomb in my bag. And they're like, what's in there? And I was like, miniatures that are stuck to a magnetized tray and like, you know. Oh, my goodness. I figured it might have been the, uh, you know, the military grade lasers that you had. Yeah. uh, Nova might have gotten you in trouble. (laughs) But um, no, they were all in my backpack. They were all fine. But what was interesting is that the... Uh, the explosive es- expert had to come and do all their investigating and was really scared of opening the bag. I understand why. Um, if there was a bomb, you know, I'd be scared too. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, and then, so after a while, he finally opened it after he got like the story. I was like, you know, I was at Nova. It's just a box with acrylic and that's it. So they open it and then they look at it and then they send it through the machine again. And they're like, how does this open? I was like, it's magnetic. You just slide it. So he opened it and he saw, he was like, oh yeah, the laser pointer was what was scaring us. This yeah. is a small unidentified uh, piece of electronics. And I was like, yeah, well, I mean, I have like 30 of them in my backpack and that didn't get flagged. Also, when I flew in, 
LAX didn't give two shits. So I had no idea that this would have been like a holdup. Otherwise I would have just taken them out in the first place, you know, but like at LAX, you know, arguably probably like a more strict airport, or at least I would assume, um, they didn't give two, they didn't care. And I was like, all right, cool. You know? And then now I know I have to take out, you know, they sensed the demo man inside it. They oh, sensed they knew. Him. They, they knew. knew he's a bad man. He's a bad, yeah. bad man. You can't say bomb, you know, no. bomb, 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 bomb. So anyways, I, <laughs> I hate, I hate BWI, honestly. Um, oh yeah. So that, yeah, it's, uh, it's, and again, that's my main airport. I have to fly out of BWI uh, to <laughs> go anywhere and not preferred. So I feel your pain. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, I flew to, can I, can I address something else that's weird? If you want yeah, to. Yeah. Okay. okay. On my flight over there, um, I stopped and got a Dr. Pepper. Now, now everyone, so everyone knows I am a uh, soda, soda free for the past three days. I haven't had a soda. This is, it's a big step for me. Uh, and I'm energy drink free for, uh, three weeks. So that's Ooh, also nice. pretty good. Yeah. But besides the point. When I, when I got there, I needed caffeine. So I got a Dr. Pepper and y'all have the weirdest fucking bottles I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) What what did it look like? It looked like, so they have like, so it looks similar to ours on the West coast, except ours are more like cylindrical and have like a more angular top, but your guys have like a smaller bottom and like a more bulbous top. Uh, it sounds like I'm starting to, um, describe weirder things here but it yes, was really yeah. it was really weird uh that's all I, I sent g a picture like g can you confirm that it's different than the west coast <laughs> it, it is it is different like uh, i've never really seen one before uh, <laughs> it sounds like we're describing something this is else. fascinating <laughs> it's like it's like if you had an accent like coke would be like hey and then like hey you know yeah. Like yeah. Coca-Cola had an accent or some shit. But I hit up my homie in, in Texas and he was like, yeah, they're all the same in Texas. And apparently they're the same, uh, like in, in Ohio. So like now we have to find this point where it splits. Like there's a point in the United States where we have West coast bottles and East coast bottles. So and instead I'm, of the Mason Dixon line, it's, it's something else. It's, yeah. It's okay. So <laughs> okay. But and it's for it's for the shape of the bottle of of a soda product. Yep, that's it. Okay. That's weird. You know? I'll put up my feelers. Is that a point of contention now? Uh what soda bottles better? I don't know. I just I just thought I found it extremely it was just like, hey, I didn't expect bottles to be different. You know? I just didn't. Like now we have five guys versus in and out. These bottles, East Coast, and then you know we had like Biggie Smalls and Tupac. What's next? <laughs> like? Oh no! Oh my gosh! So, um, you've been running Blooded since uh, well, you did run Cultist at ACO, right? Correct. And then you ran Blooded at um, KTO, and you did get top eight there. And then you ran Blooded here, and you got third. Um, what is, what drew you to the blooded in the first place? Um, honestly, I feel like my blooded origin story is the same as everyone else who plays blooded, which is, you know, box came out, no one thought much of them. And then 
Speaking of a West Coaster, Chris Bakke played him and just crushed. And obviously, Chris was a novitiates player that went, then went vent guard uh, and then to the blooded. So I just kind of followed suit. I said, let's give these guys a try. Um, you know, maybe they'll operate the same as vet guard, which they, I don't want to say they do and they don't because they don't at all, but they do in the sense of they're a horde team. So you need to be able to game your activations. You need to understand, you know, what the proper trades are, when to activate who, when to capitalize, when to sacrifice. Um, so that's what drew them to, for me was just their style of play, Chris doing well with them. And then, um, just they look like really cool models, and I was able to kit bash mine um, with some of the parts from the box and some other third party parts uh, and some 3D printing. So I just, yeah, I really liked how they turned out. And um, I think the real kicker was I actually had them like half painted, and we had a casual tournament. And you, you of course, know Mark Garrett, right? Mm-hmm. He was like, what are you going to bring to the tournament, Nick? And I rattled off a couple of names of some teams and he said, oh, the blooded, like I'd like to play them. And they were like half painted at this point and the tournament was two days away. So I, I rushed them through the hobby table and I brought them to that casual tournament and I liked them enough to keep on keeping on. Nice. Yeah. You're also really skilled with them. Uh, and especially in our game, you know, you've played them very, very well. Um, that was a great game. I don't know if we're going to dive into the specifics we, of that, but we definitely are. We definitely are. Um, it was uh, definitely one of my favorite. It, it was my favorite uh, match of the tournament. I mean, I did get to play a lot of really good people, a lot of really fun games. It was my first loss, and I was very happy that I got the loss. Uh, my first loss was to you. So, um, and in such a good way too. Like it. Like I played the best of my ability, and I. It, there's just nothing I could have done, you know? And it was just like, just because you, you just played so well, there's, you know, you just had the right activations, the right times. Um, I felt trapped. Like I was like, it was like a horror movie and it was fantastic. You know? Well, I, I appreciate the praise. Um, <laughs> but, but do you want to know really the, the one mistake you, you did make one mistake and it was pretty big. Do you want to know what it was? Yeah. It's, it was actually in pregame setup after you set up, you, got down on two knees and prayed to the emperor. You prayed to the the wrong emperor, my man. Come on. So, you know, I definitely, I did that. I had to do it a couple of times, you know, people probably think we're joking. I mean, if you've never played Dakota, he prays to the emperor every day. (laughs) I do. He actually said, Nick, you're going to have to excuse me. I'm going to get down on my knees and pray to the emperor right now. And I'm like in like full, you know, competitive mode. I'm like staring at the map, trying to rain man it, figure out what I'm going to do. And Dakota's on his knees, like, you know, muttering to himself. And I'm like, Oh my God, we're about to have like an incredible game. But, uh, obviously the, your prayers weren't answered. <laughs> no, all of my prayers went answered day unanswered day two. He only had a, he had a, he had a look at a, the, uh, the green light was too strong, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. There the you belief go. in Gork and were too strong at that point. In time. Oh my God. But no, it was a, it was a chess match, which was, I would, I would also agree that it was definitely probably my favorite game because we, we had never played each other. We said it day one, like, oh my gosh, like, I hope we play each other at some point. Not knowing, of course, that it would be a, a pretty big game, of course, being the first game of day two, um, which That's, was, you know, single the, elimination. Which so. was exciting was that uh, after all the other losses paired, uh, paired out, whoever won that game was going to get it. Yeah. Was going to get the, uh, the, the silver slash gold. Yeah. Golden ticket. Um, so like, 
And you know, to be all honest, man, it couldn't have gone to a better person. Like I was, I was talking to Jimmy today, right? And he said like, oh, are you happy about like how, how good you did? And I was like, you know, to me, like it's less about how good I do at a tournament. It's more about the games that I play along the way. Um, and for me, it was more like I wanted to go to every single game that I could and play the best and tightest that I could um, while trying to maintain the best sportsmanship that I could. Um, of course, top eight, you know, everyone gets a little sweaty every now and then. Of course. But like, of course. But like you know, I wanted to, I wanted to do that and I just wanted to play the best game I could. And I felt like in all of my games, there was nothing that I would have changed. Um, especially in the moment, right? There was not like some huge mistake where I didn't see something coming or this or that, or this or that, you know? And I just felt like I played the best I could and I am extremely happy with how it went and how all of my, play, uh, how, how each person that I played, it felt like everyone came away, you know, amicable. So like I couldn't have asked for more. So Yeah, that's a great outlook because especially in a game like Kill Team, everything you just described was controlling what you can control. And there are just some times that you can't do that. And at this tournament, especially, you know, for day one cuts, think about all the just excellent, amazing players out there that that didn't make the day two cut. And they were three and one. You know, they didn't make it. They had one loss and it was all down to strength of schedule, which is something that's ultimately out of your control. Yeah. Uh, you know, so. You know, what's kind of crazy is uh, when you think about the way the tournament format was, if you lost round one, you were essentially out of the tournament. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way. Unless, uh, yeah, I think so. I, I'm not too familiar with the inner workings of strength of schedule. I just know very basic. You know, so, so when you think as well, when you think about it like this, right? Like. Um, I went undefeated. When, when did you lose your game? Game two to Shane. Game two to yep. Shane. But Shane also went undefeated, right? Shane, exactly. Yep. I so, was that. And that's what I mean. You, I was relying on something I couldn't control, but after exactly. Shane beat me, he was like, cause he was kind of the same way. He's like, Oh, I wish you could win this ticket, but you know, and, and then I lost and he was like, well, you know, I'm just going to win out for you basically. And I was like, that's nice. Uh, but let's, <laughs> let's see what else happens. And then, you know, my opponent from the first round, Dan, uh, who's a teammate, um, I beat him and I was like, you know, sorry, Dan. He's like, no, it's all good. I'm just going to keep winning. So, you know, we get that strength of schedule. And I was like, oh, I, awesome. So it all works out, but, uh, keep yeah. Going. So like if you lose round one, you automatically get paired up with somebody else who's already lost one game. Uh, so now you have a loss and you've already played somebody who's, who has a loss. So when you think about the game competitively in that aspect, and this goes for all the TOs out there. When you think about it like this, and you 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 argue for strength of schedule, that first round is so utterly important. And I think Matt's main thing was him saying that he didn't want people to go out there and baby seal club. If anything, strength of schedule very much encourages round one baby seal clubbing, clubbing, winning as hard and as good as you can because you cannot lose round one. Yeah, no, you know, like like you just you just can't. And like, sure, you can win, you can lose round two, you can lose round uh, three, and you can lose round four. Um, but like, again, the people that all got into the top eight, like- I'm looking at it now. Yeah, none of them lost round one. And yep. then the first person that lost round one is actually Jimmy Kelly, and he mm -hmm. came in 10th overall. And that, and that makes sense. He didn't lose 
a single game. I mean, he lost his first game day one and then won the rest of them. Didn't make yep. the top cut. And, so that makes, and he, yeah. he even, and his first, his first loss was to somebody who got the top eight, you know, um, who, I, who I think was also three and one, but he wasn't undefeated. So like, um, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty feels bad. And a lot of people blame tournaments in that aspect. And I think that when you do everything, not strength, the schedule wise, uh, just like purely like theoretical, um, you know, people only can blame themselves. And I think that's the biggest thing, but yeah. So moving on to our game, I have only won one game ever on, on this map. And, um, it was at KTO and every other game I've ever played on this map, no matter who it's against, I've always lost. I've lost to Felgor, blooded everything else on this map. And it was uh, number seven hanger. So if anyone mm. is is in- interested in which map we played on, it was uh, Hanger from uh, Into the Dark, the uh, Warhammer community uh, Into the yeah. Dark Crit Ops packet. And um, it's hard to know f- what to do on this map for Vetguard, but have you, have you played this map a lot? Did you kind of know what, what you wanted to do? So no, I, I actually, this was the map that I had played. Um, I hadn't played a lot, but, and I don't think I played it once at KTO, but I played Shane on it day one. And this is the map I lost on. Um, ah. so I knew a little bit about it, but not enough to be, especially against a horde, because obviously playing into Legionnaire on this is completely different than playing into, you know, 14 models. <laughs> yeah, no. So this, this was an interesting one because it, it, it's that middle hallway, uh, that you know is should be safe, but of course with move, 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 and plus one APL, nothing's guaranteed. Um, and then you kind of have the one side that's really safe, and the other side that's kind of open. If someone can get to that door up top and open it, I'm looking at the map right now. You know, anyone in that room can get smoked. So it's it's an interesting one. You have to split up your forces. I think it favors horde teams in that sense because you can split up your forces in kind of three avenues or just one and two, and then maybe send someone up the middle if you have to. So it also struggles for security because there's so many entrances to that middle area from both sides for central um, control. Yeah. yeah and, central. and center line. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could do protect assets or, or protect model, you know, or whatever it's called, escort operative. Mm-hmm. Um, you could also do, you know, the stand fast ability where you, where you have to control more objectives, but like two horde teams going against each other is just pretty difficult, you know? So um, for me, I, I knew I was already going to be fighting an uphill battle and you picked the Ogren and I was like, Oh, maybe, maybe I could get the Ogren's charge off, but you just had the great. So everyone knows. So like, I think it was at the end of turning point two, he used his last activation to move the Ogren into the, uh, into one of the rooms. So mm-hmm. I had a choice of either trying to blow up, uh, his demo guy, his diabolic bomb or the or, Ogren or dealing with the Ogren or dealing with this leader who was coming up on one of the other doors, gun- trying to take one of my other points. And I was like, well, I don't have any good options because there's too many threats. So I dealt with the diabolic bomb guy trying to possibly deal with myself. Forgetting um, that uh, I can have someone jump in front of him. <laughs> yep. So somebody could jumped in front of him. He didn't die. And I was like, oh, well, that's not good. So then he killed my demo man who then just popped only in death. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to kill him <laughs> to get to get the kill back. Um, 
So, I mean, it was, it was enjoyable trades. And then you got a charge off onto all three of my, you got all three of my gunners. The triple, so my, yeah, the triple charge was, uh, it was funny because you were like, well, I'm placing them all at a two inches from each other, like in a perfect triangle. And uh-huh. I was like, oh, there you go. <laughs> enough, enough space for me to run through. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, man. That was awesome. It was, was great. Awesome. Yeah. Very and thematic game. It was a thematic game. It was a very good game. And it was my first blooded against blooded so i i thoroughly enjoyed it um because it was so so thematic but uh you 100 deserve the win you took it and you crushed the you crushed you went two and one on the final day right yeah so after i played you um and i was kind of doing the math and i was like okay so i won um and for those that didn't know there were already four ticket holders or sorry three ticket holders in the um Oh, no, sorry. There were four tickets. Let me look at the top eight real quick. There were uh, one, two, three, four. Yeah, there were four. True, True had one as well. So there, there were four a, ticket holders. There were seven total at the tournament, right? Yeah, seven. Or, no, I think there were actually eight, um, eight or nine total, but only the four made it into the top eight. Um, so after I won our first match, I was kind of like, okay, so I'm going to play you know, someone who won last time. And if I can win this, this one, I'm definitely in the finals. I'll be able to secure a ticket. Um, but the winners of that first match were me, uh, Shane, Liam, and then Adrian won as well. And at the time I was like, Oh, cool. Three other ticket winners and me, um, have won so far. And of course, Matt had tried to explain at the beginning of the day, how the brackets worked because it wasn't, straight up Swiss. It was like a single elimination bracket. It was super um, confusing until it happened. And until it happened. Yeah. So, you know, we, we played our match, we hugged, I was hyped, but then I was immediately nervous because I said, Oh my gosh, I have to go into Adrian who ended up winning the whole thing. I have to go into his commandos. I sit down at the table. I look at the table. It's commandos on loot. And I'm not going to say pizza or nacho. It was diagonal deployment, <laughs> open board. And I'm like, this is, this is over. Like there's, there's nothing I can do. He's going to sneaky get three people. He's going to blow me off the board, loot every point. His grass going to be zinging around and I'm going to, you know, there's nothing I can do. And then Matt came up right when we're in the setup phase and he's like, Nick, congrats. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you, you get the ticket. And I was like, what do you, we're, we're in round two. I could lose my next two matches. He goes, it doesn't matter. It's a, it's a bracket. It's a single elimination bracket. The worst you can get is fourth and the three people in front of you hypothetically all have tickets and it didn't really sink in. So I started, I played the game and then after that I lost and I went up to him again and I was, you, you have to explain this to me really slow. And you know, he kind of did the math and I was like, Oh my gosh, he's right. Um, so yeah, I was, I was hype after that. And then wow. going in, yeah, going into that, uh, like you said, I went two and one that day. I played Liam after that, but, uh, we can talk about that if, yeah. if you want. But, yes, please. Um, uh, I mean, I've lost to Liam. He's very, very good. Yeah. So this was <laughs> this was a revenge match. So <laughs> he's um, he's obviously a teammate. I love the kid and um, love the whole family, of course. Mark, uh, Liam, and Leander. Uh, but so, anyways, Liam and I draw this match, and it's for third or fourth. Uh, but the reason I say it's a revenge match is because flashback two weeks before um, Goonhammer was a golden ticket event it gets to the finals and it's me and Liam, you know, we have to commit uh fratricide, right? We're playing uh-huh. team on teammate top table. Um, and it's, it's like deja vu from, from earlier. It was an open map, diagonal deployment, his commandos, my cult, um, same instance, just, you know, go out on a point, 
loot it, die. It, it was it was a landslide. You know, he won, um, which knocked me out of contention because it wasn't a bracket there. It was just regular Swiss. So I got knocked down to like fourth place. Um, and then I think Mike Cortez is the one who got the ticket from that event because of that. So I, I left that event pretty upset. I was, uh, you know, like, oh my gosh, that was my chance at a ticket. I'm going to Nova in two weeks. There's like 65 people there. I'm not going to win it there. You know, that was my one chance. Um, so going into this match, I was like, okay, Liam, it's time for a little bit of, uh, revenge and he had his commandos i had my uh, blooded and we decided we were one of the people that opted out of playing the two hour and a half matches so did um, we. me and john reese were like yeah, hell, yeah that's not gonna happen and and look I, I i think matt ran a very good tournament airtight and honestly that format is is probably i don't know me i think it's great for maybe the top table because is that a true test true test of a champion that you got to play these two really fast matches back to back. Maybe not after four rounds. Yeah. Not after, I mean, really, you know, seven rounds or however many yeah. is before, but, um, but no, Liam and I just kind of said, Hey, you know, let's celebrate. Cause Liam was hype. He he's been pulling for me to get this ticket as well. Cause he's a teammate. He's like, I'm so excited. You're going to Atlanta with us. Um, but let's have, you know, like a fun competitive game where we're not going to sweat it out too much. Um, we rolled for the map and he saw the one open map choice because he won the, the roll off for that. And he's like, oh, let's just play into the dark, keep it a little bit close. And um, it was a really bloody match um, that the diabolic bomb was actually able to swing that one. Um, he's, of course, a very, very careful player with, you know, who he exposes to, to certain threats. Um, but I was able to somewhat bait him in another room where he opened a door, not realizing that because he opened that door, the diabolic bomb would be able to get off, um, a, uh, a shot. And it was a chain reaction and very thematic as well. The squig blew up and killed everyone. So it was like, I got, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I got like a four for one trade, um, because of that. But, uh, it was still a friendly match. I call, I say revenge match is probably not really what it was, but in my mind, I was like, there you go. <laughs> uh, it was fun. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. those are some of the memories and the the things that you get to talk about for you know tournaments and years to come because you're like, oh, I opened this one door at four for one trade. Like those are those are pretty rare, you know, especially at such a high level too. Yeah, he realized it and was like, he just started laughing because he was like, oh man, I did that to myself, didn't I? Because he was so particular. He was like, I'm going to place this guy so that if you open the door, uh, you're not in engagement range of him. And I was like, oh, okay, because he wanted to be able, he didn't want me to, you know, charge in and kill whoever was blocking the door that was blocking the uh, the bomb guy. So it just, it all works out. And it, it was fun. It was really fun. Good. Yeah, the, um, you know, going in, um to the tournament, there was a few things. I think that the grand tournament could have been explained better rather than the one paragraph because it doesn't say anything about the final round or the bracket system or anything. Like to me, it just felt like there's a lot of surprises. I didn't know a lot of the uh, some of the other stuff that happened to it, but um, you know, hopefully it'll be all ironed out next year because I know a lot of it is it was it says draft under his his thing so. Hopefully we get that ironed out next year for it. Um, is there, so that was your final one and you ended did you end up winning really, really hard in that matchup or like how long did it, did you guys, cause when I played John, I ended up, we took like two and a half hours to play a game. We just took it slow um, and had fun with it. Yeah, we, um, we finished and Shane and Adrian who were playing the double game, of course, um, 
had another like 30 or 40 minutes in him. So I would say that we finished because we, we basically had a whole three hour round, but finished in like two hours, maybe right on time kind of. And it was close. It was, I'm looking at it now. It was 21 to 18. Um, and it was on secure because he didn't, I didn't want to play loot. I love, and I will say this, Matt's veto system on the mission was awesome. Being able to say, Hey, I don't like this, Matt, uh, this mission. And then the other player saying, okay, I don't like this mission. And then going with the third, I thought was great. Um, and we played, we ended up playing secure and, uh, yeah, I was able to take it, um, just by three points. So again, very, very close. Um, because again, Liam's an excellent player and I hope we don't have to play each other again, uh, at uh, Atlanta or, I mean, you know, at least in the beginning. Yeah. I think that, um, I very well may steal that, that one for top table at the very last round. Um, I think it's a good one. I think it, it, um, at LVO, it kind of just makes it so that both players at least get a say in their fate a little bit rather than it's like, Hey, I just, the TO said loot. And we're playing against Pathfinders. Yay. Yep. Yep. Exactly. No, I really, I really liked it. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a, a good, a really good thing. Um, did you end up buying any, anything from Nova? Like any like small things from the store or anything like that? Yeah. So I will say this, this Nova, um, for whatever reason, I played in the team tournament, but I, I which was on Friday, um, but I was all locked in on Saturday and Sunday to the grand tournament that I didn't get to walk around as much as I did at the first Nova, which I'm I really regret um, because there's some cool stuff on some of the other levels, at least from last year. But I'm looking at it right now. I bought two things from Nova. Well, three things. I bought the laser pointer from you, which I'd mm-hmm. highly recommend uh, if anyone's looking for a nice laser pointer. And then I bought the two commemorative series uh, models that they had. One's the Primaris Company champion. So that's the uh, – he looks kind of like a Stern Guard vet with um, with a power sword, which is yep. cool. Mm-hmm. Um, he's awesome. Don't know what I'm going to paint him up as. He'll go towards my Mountain of Shame, I'm uh, sure, along with uh, the Commissar's Duty, which is the uh, um, dude standing up with yeah. a bolt pistol book behind his back, and he has a power sword and like a rock, which yep. he just looks freaking – badass i think he'd look really well in your like heroes team um oh yeah dakota but uh yeah yeah, he gives me like major pain vibes Mm -hmm. i don't know if you've ever seen that movie hell yeah i've seen major pain (laughs) we could we we should quote some major pain Mm -hmm. (laughs) i Uh, love i absolutely love major pain that is a yeah staple movie um Mm -hmm. but no that those are really the only two things i uh I bought a, I don't know. Uh, I bought a twenty dollar hamburger and a cheeseburger, rather, with uh, some stale tots from the Hyatt. So that was about it. Okay. I bought. Um, I I did a lot of networking uh, at Nova, so we got game. I, I talked to Game Envy quite a lot, and um, we're going to be in touch hopefully here soon. Uh, they're going to be releasing a light in December, uh, Hobby Light. And they're going to go to Kickstarter and, uh, we might have them on the podcast, you know, later in November before the Kickstarter, but, uh, it's a really, really nice. It's kind of like the red grass games one, but better in my opinion. Um, and I got a couple pieces of their brand new parchment painter for their new exemplar, uh, hobby palette. It's my favorite wet palette by a landslide from red grass games. I've tried them all. It's, 
my favorite so far. They have a brand new, um, they have a brand new, um, what's it called? Uh, like foam thing that, you know, the thing that you like holds all the water. Well, it's like a double layer of foam. One side is like the same and the other side holds more water. So it hold it stays wetter for longer. So that's really interesting. And interesting. yeah. And then I, I, I met the goblin hut guys and, um, that's the guys who imported dirty down from the, from the UK to the United States, talked to them for quite a while. And both of them might be, we might have something coming up with them with squad games in the near future. So that could be exciting. Awesome. Um, yeah. So, uh, I missed, I missed dinner on Saturday cause I went around talking to all the vendors trying to, you know, um, we were wondering where you were. You missed an excellent Mexican meal. Yeah, we, I, I have to put LVO and the all Valley in some of my tournaments before social, social times, at least one day when I, when I have the chance, you know, so for went sure. around, I also bought a guy for D and D. Um, I bought a, from arena Rex, they, they were there and they had this really cool, like Spartan looking dude. And I was like, yeah, I need this model. Yes, please. So bought him. Um, but yeah, that's, those are some of the big, uh, big buys. Giacomo, what is the most, uh, I saw you're painting something. Uh, how did you get those models and what are you painting right now? In general, like the models I've been painting have been Kasserkin, Votan, and some Tau. And Dirty communist. I know, right? <laughs> you can thank Fire Warrior on the PlayStation 2. Um, <laughs> well, with the Kasserkin, I, I got lucky. We were at this one store and our friend was like, hey, I ordered my box there and they came in. Let's go get it. And they had like six other boxes. So I picked up what I needed. It's a gold mine. It was. And now they're sold out. Yeah. You know, are they any good in a big 40 K Kasserkin? I, I want to say yes. And that's the reason they sell out. Cause back in ninth, there was a whole thing where you took like a bomb of them and they did like hella mortal wounds. Um, and that was the reason you took them. Mm. So, and, you know, people like Kasserkin, they, you know, they used to only be in metal sculpts. So now that they're in plastic, people are jumping on the chance to get them and filling up their armies. Nice. Which is a good thing, you know. Hey, so, I'm, I'm I'm all for more things to paint, you know. So so you mentioned that you have a mountain of shame, which is usually people just say pile of shame. So how big is this mountain? Oh man, I could send you a picture while we're talking about it. And this is just stuff that I've bought in like quarter three and quarter four so far, <laughs> or, or quarter two and quarter three. Um, but no, I have an issue. Um, so I, I'm like relatively new to the hobby. Um, I actually started in kill team 2021 oh. and I didn't have anything. So I bought everything. I bought paint. I bought, you know, models. And my issue is I'm like now unlocking this whole world of all this cool shit. And I'm like, Oh man, I want to buy that. I want to buy this. <laughs> so every kill team that comes out, I'm like, Oh, you know what? I don't, I don't think I'd ever play that team. And then I'll like face them at a tournament and I'll be like, wow, you know, I want to play that team. So I'll, I'll buy the models <laughs> and then they'll just sit there. Um, but let's see, let me turn around. I'm currently looking at a whole Leviathan box, um, a Death Guard Combat Patrol, or the Boarding Patrol, rather, the Chaos Base Marine Combat Patrol, and Abaddon the Despoiler, which I'm, I'm not going to play model. Big 40K. Yeah, exactly. Uh, some Corn Berserkers and a 
box of Kasserkin. Speaking of Kasserkin, hey, so that, that's just what I can see. Oh, and then there's the Death Guard heroes. So, yeah, just a bunch of random stuff I don't need that I, you know, I'm hoarding. I'm like smog. I'm just I just have this big old horde of <laughs> models, um, and they're all new in box. I mean, I, God, God knows what I have on sprue. I think Eric Cecil, one of my teammates, he came over um, and helped me. He's been in the hobby a very long time. And he helped me catalog like all my stuff on Sprue. And he looked at me and he's like, this is just like, why do you have all this stuff? I'm like, dude, I don't know. I just, I just buy all this stuff. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. <laughs> Hopefully just, Eric never comes to my house because yeah. <laughs> he'll shame me. Giacomo shames me. He just looks at me and I feel shame. I just look in his room and there's just everything ever on the shelves. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I'm I'm used to getting rid of stuff that I'm not using. If it's been like there for four years, it's time to go on eBay. Yeah, I, I think I might do a spring cleaning here in a minute and just do a Google sheet and, you know, mark it off and try to get rid of it so I don't feel so much uh, anxiety looking at it. But that is one of the good things about Kill Team, at least. At least from my perspective, I've never played Big 40K, but I've always said like, hey, it's cool that you don't have to invest so much in one army like 40K. You can just buy you know, just as much in separate armies and kind of bop around and try different things. Yeah. I think true. I think the worst thing about 40 K right is I've been playing 40 K since I was, you know, 10 years old Uh, and 24 years or something like that. And I have like 14,000 points of Eldar. Right. So like, um, I try to have like three of every single, at least three of every single unit which some I have more of. Don't ask me how many guardians I have. Um, and uh, <clears throat> I think like, unfortunately when your army's good, you kind of get like criticized by the community for playing them. Like right now, Eldar are just completely busted, but like Giacomo knows I tried to play Eldar uh, at our first team tournament and they were awful. <laughs> yeah. The, the and, first time they weren't great. Yeah. So like, and then I had to switch to Jakari because I didn't have fun. I don't have fun like just straight losing every single game just because my team sucks. It'd be like me taking. I don't think like, anyone does, you know. Yeah, it'd be me me taking like uh, you know, Gravis Marines to Nova. You know, it's like why, <laughs> why yeah. would you do that? <laughs> hey, they're they're about to get three APL or at they least are. you know w- one of them is the, mm-hmm. the one lucky guy. But four attacks is is brutal. Yeah, absolutely. Now. Before we move on to uh, Team Justinian, um, I wanted to go into Blooded just a bit more. So yeah, yeah. you found quite a lot of success with them. And I know we've done more of a deep dive before, but um, it's always good to have other takes as well. So is is there any particular models or strategies that you find yourself using over and over and over? Because mine's changed drastically with that guard um, since I started to where I am now. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so the, the one thing I would say that I've kind of observed that I'd maybe do a little bit differently than a lot of folks that talk about blood and and discord and whatnot, um, is I, I love the medic. Um, and it's funny because Travis Chang with Goonhammer, he asked me, he sent me like a little write up of, of some questions for, I think he does, he does articles for them. And he asked me who the, the VIP was or the MVP rather of the weekend. And, I, it's a hot take, but I say it's the medic. And it's funny because a lot of folks discount the blooded medic. He doesn't revive people in a traditional sense, like the vet guard medic would. He doesn't revive anyone. He just gives out drugs. He's a drug dealer. 
He gives out <laughs> he gives out a relentless to in melee, a six up feel no pain, and or he can heal you for two d three loss wounds. So the reason I pick him as my VIP is I will off the bat give off. Um, relentless to either the ogre or the commissar. If I have the commissar, it's always the commissar because he hits on fours. You need those rerolls. Um, maybe give out the feel no pain if I have to, but you know, he healed a couple operatives, um, that, you know, may have gotten chip damage put on them that then put them back in the game. So yeah, MVP to the medic, um, this past weekend, because the, the reliability of being able to get in those hits and those kills that you need, with the Ogren, with the Commissar, um, wouldn't be possible with the Medic, which means that I drop typically maybe the Flenser or the uh, the Shotgun guy, the Trench Sweeper. Um, so that's one strategy for sure. That's, fa- that's fascinating. Is there yeah. is there any particular like um, tack ops or tactical ploys or strategic ploys that you really find yourself using? So I think yeah. Um, in terms of strategic ploys, almost never using any of them other than maybe glory kill if you're into elites and you know that you are going to be in a position where you need to kill a certain operative, um, whether it be for scoring a tack op, getting them off the point, or you know that you're going to maybe put two or three shots from di- two or three different operatives into that person, then hey, the one reroll, that's what glory kill gives you. It gives you one reroll, um, is going to be worth it because otherwise you may have to have had spent a couple command points. Um, tack up wise, uh, I, I gravitate towards bloodbath because I feel like you're always going to kill at least half the team, which is one point three quarters of the team is going to be that two points there. Robin ransacks, I think kind of, because obviously blood are locked into security. I mean, sorry, seek and destroy. Um, so blood, uh, Robin Ransack is typically going to be your auto take there. Um, not really an opportunity or not really any instance where you don't score at least one there. Um, just have to reveal it at the right time, which I had been a little gun shy on or, or gun, uh, trigger happy rather, and revealed that maybe a little bit too early. So you got to be careful of that. And then the last one's kind of a toss up. Um, I didn't take route one time just because, which may be surprising, um, just because I wanted my opponents to kind of come to me more so mm, yeah. um, and not overextend myself. Because if you over overextend yourself with this team, um, it's not going to be a good time. So I just didn't feel like taking route, especially against commandos. You know, I knew that they were going to be able to push up into me. There was no chance I was getting routed any of those guys. Um, Makes sense. So I was more so leaning on assassinate target into elite teams um, because, you know, that or not that card, uh, legionary and intercession don't work with five models, so you're most likely going to be able to at least get one or two points on that, hopefully. And then into the horde teams, especially if it was something like secure capture, um, we were looking at eliminate guards there. So, never took execution, you're not really a big fan of that one. Um, uh, but yeah, st- uh, strategic ploys, tack ops, that's what we're taking, and then their tack ploys are where they really have their bread and butter. Uh, being able to shoot into combat is huge. Being able to, with callous disregard, that is being able to then uh, do get down, Mister President, and you know throw <laughs> a, a pleb into the combat and really force your opponent to shoot um, multiple times. the wrong, yeah, the wrong operative, especially, is um, pretty hilarious. And I have a funny story about that with Shane. If you want to hear that, yes, because um, I think did we talk about that one? No, no, oh, we didn't. Okay. Other than that, no, no other 
uh, two important tac ops there uh, or t- uh, tactical ploys. But no, so this um, this was a this was spicy. Uh, potentially, how I maybe lost the game against Shane, and I think he kind of agreed that that was it was very much a, a turning point, uh, no pun intended, in the game. Um, but get the get down, Mr. President ploy. So obviously how it works, I don't know if people have it up in front of them, but essentially what happens is when your opponent nominates, um, a shooting target, if they have a blooded token and there's another operative within two inches of them, um, that can also be a valid target. They can, you can spend a CP and they will jump in front of the shot, take the shot. Um, it's so powerful that you can actually ensure that in a blast attack, right? Because you might be thinking, wait, if you're within two inches of each other, you're going to take a blast attack then. You can play it so that when you uh, actually play the ploy, that um, the operative that you want to be the meat shield is going to take the blast as well. So there's, you can, it's, it's airtight. Yeah. However, there, the one flaw that we found out um, in our game and this is going to, you know, hope you're sitting down. Uh, Fusillade actually has use into this. Fusillade is actually useful against countering the get down Mr. President. Oh, wow. Um, oh. Yeah. So this was, it was wild, right? So basically how it worked was uh, Shane had his Reaper chain cannon, open a door and then unload. He said, I'm going to shoot your uh, commissar. He won, he won initiative on turning point. I forget if it was two or three. Um, and I had my, commissar on one side of the door he was under the gaze of the gods he was going to be able to punch through an auto crit with his uh power fist hopefully kill this reaper chain cannon on the other side of the door and i had you know just some trooper next to the commissar uh no blooded token so when shane opened the door he said hey i'm going to shoot your commissar i said great um, I'm going to spend a CP. You're actually going to shoot into the trooper. And he was floored. He was like, oh my gosh, I didn't see that guy there. I can't believe I got to shoot this guy. That sucks. Like he's freaking, you know, he's reading my rules. He's like realizing that that's what he has to do. And I don't know how he remembered it, but he just goes, wait a minute. The Reaper chain cannon has fusillade. And I was like, yeah, that, it doesn't matter. You know, I get to jump in front of the shot. He goes, well, well, let me read fusillade. So he pulls up that rule. And if you read it, um, you know, kind of the order of operations and when everything is declared. Yeah, he can allocate as many shots as he wants. You know, after I've already said that the trooper is going to jump in front of it, they're both valid targets. He said, okay, I'll put one into the trooper because he can't allocate all of them into the um, the target he really wants to kill. He said, I'll put one into the trooper, five into the uh, commissar. You know, he smoked him. It was over. So wow. <laughs> probably, yeah, the only, it was comical. And at that point, I think Matt even came over the TO, he came over, read it. He's like, yeah, this is what I'm seeing. And, and at that point I just kind of laughed. I was like, wow. I mean, that's, it's just hilarious that Fusillade is actually being used for once uh, in a useful sense. And um, yeah, it was incredible. So any blooded players out there that are listening to this, just be careful. Um, if you are going up against a team that has Fusillade, it doesn't negate uh, or you know, the get down Mr. President does not negate fusillade. That's fascinating. Yeah, I did not did not know that. Is there um I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I don't think there is. I think that's one of the few um pieces. If anyone does know anything else that gets around that, go ahead and drop it in our Discord. Is there uh any equipment that you found yourself taking every single game? Yeah. Um Especially in the commandos, the beast pelts are key. Uh, that'll make you immune to splash because obviously they're you know a couple sources of blast are going to be the uh, 
the stick bomb, the dynamite, but it makes you immune to splash, which is nice. Um, setting up to counter that uh, forward deploy with the uh, the rocket launcher. So the beast mm-hmm. pelts were key in that matchup. And then my favorite piece of equipment, which I don't think you should ever leave home without, is the um, the sinister trophy. So it's not as good as the uh, legionaries version, which is a three inch range. It is just within engagement range. Uh, your target this would, bastard. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. We'll we'll talk about who who you give it to in a second. Uh, but they're minus one attack dice. So. I always give it to, I would say 90% of the time it's going on the thug. Um, reason being the thug is tough. Of course, he gets to um, decrease damage, normal damage down to a minimum of one. Um, so yeah, I think you found out that when you're a minus one attack dice doing one last damage, it is extremely hard to kill that guy. Um, yeah. And I mean, even, you know, he's gone into a fully uh, full health intercessor you know, had an intercessor charge him, you know, intercessor rolls average, doesn't kill him. And it's, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so, and he's brutal, you know, his, his weapon is brutal. So I just parry out, you know, whatever yeah. I can, uh, take, and he's alive with one or two wounds. It's, it's incredible. Um, yeah, four attacks hitting on threes, four, four damage. Pretty yeah. good. Oh yeah. Uh, and I don't know if this tough is going to get ever going to get nerfed to be the same as everyone else's. Um, but yeah, it's really hard for vet, uh, for for guardsmen because they just do two damage, <laughs> so it goes down to one. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, even you know, spend the entire like, team killing him. I think the, the person, yeah, the person who killed him, I think was your your leader was the only one who killed him, and I, that mm-hmm. might have been with a plasma shot. I'm not. It sure. was. It was. I, yeah. I shot. I shot him with a plasma pistol because I was like, yeah, that guy. Gonna- yeah, that'll get him. But <laughs> even like your your melee operatives, you know, the commissar, the uh, and then the hardened vet, the hardened vet only gets three attacks. So mm-hmm. he's going to get two attacks. Hopefully he rolls a four up. And if he doesn't, if he only rolls one, it's it's looking rough. So, oh yeah. And then she'll probably die. Cause you do four, four and she only yeah. has seven. Moves. If, if I want to make him a real bastard too, I'll have the, uh, the medic give him the six up Fiona pain. And then it's just like a, Oh, amazing. <laughs> how do you actually kill him? So, Oh, you make it a nightmare for somebody to deal with, you know, those are, oh, yeah. those are always good times. So G, do you want to move into, uh, Justin Timberlake. Yes. Yes. Now we've, um, we've discussed this before, but I will never not talk about them because I don't know. I feel like there was just a lot of hype for it and I don't know what I was expecting. Um, I'm still not upset with the team. I think they're fine. They're really cool for people who are just like buying a pack of something when they're at a local game store and, you know, then the salesman goes like, hey, if you get six different ones, you can play a game. You know, uh, I might buy that, you know. So it is the box. If you buy the whole box, are you guaranteed to get all the models? I imagine? Correct. Correct. OK. OK. Yes, but if you buy them. Very high chance. Yes. Yeah. But if you buy them single, you're obviously rolling the dice there. So. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I have a spicy take. Um, right. Let's hear it. Uh, a lot of people are going to yell at me for this, but that's OK. I That's what I'm here for. Um I think they're going to be pretty good. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Uh, According to the things that I'm reading, it doesn't seem like you can only take six, right? So you have to drop one model. But again, it doesn't say that you have to drop the sergeant and it doesn't say you have to drop the captain. Correct. Uh, So you drop the heavy intercessor in most matchups. You think so? Unless if you go against uh, blooded where fusillade is, is good. Um, 
<laughs> you, uh, you, I think you drop him because I think his, his, his movement is too slow. The only thing that he would be doing is sitting on a back point, scoring it, tapping it, doing whatever, and then maybe getting a shot off with this heavy weapon. Um, you are like, for instance, if you take both, cause these are basically a different flavor of intercession to me. They're like the chocolate intercession intercessions, vanilla. These guys are chocolate, right? The other bland vanilla guys. Um, I think they're going to be good because now you have two models who can shoot at ranged on a two plus, um, one only and, six inches though. Yeah. But he has a plasma pistol power fist. So, you know, and an invulnerable save. I mean, you can't go too hard with that. The uh, the the main sniper, you know, is actually amazing. Uh, probably the only gun in the game with heavy that's actually good. Um, you just take the, you know, you can put them up on top of a, a vantage. You can put them any, wherever you want. You can get him somewhere by turning point two, set him up so that he can fire people. Yes, he's only going to kill one model a turn unless if you get a really nice heavy or frag going off. But um, I think the team's actually going to be pretty decent. I think that they might take somebody a little while to figure out, but I think the, the key point is to drop the the bolter. Because again, it's just... I don't know why they made him so bad again. Like, it's just a super bolter from intercession, but they gave it heavy. Like, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any shoot. sense. Yeah, but you can double shoot with the same weapon profile from intercession. Sure, it doesn't make any sense. Like when I play regular intercession, I usually move in. I kind of find a spot where my four or five damage guy is going to sit and do that job. So I don't really worry about the movement too much. Um, that's not really the issue. The heavy kind of does suck though. Like, cause then yeah, you can't dashing. move and shoot. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the problem that yeah, you can only dash then double shoot, which will slow you down. So, but like, if you get into a good point, it's fine. My thing is since they don't have chapter tactics, Chapter tactics, I think, are what give you the edge against most other teams. Like, they can't parry two things. They're not moving an extra. They can't benefit from cover twice outside of the sniper. Um, the coolest thing they got is the captain who gives them the extra command point. But I, I feel like they just don't have that extra bite. Yeah. I mean, they have a smoke grenade and they have a guy who can see through all obscuring who has blast. I mean, that's pretty cool. But where's your I lethal mean, fives, you know, he doesn't need it when you have a lethal, you have a, a blast gun that can see through obscuring. It's going to screw over every single horde team. Like, yeah, absolutely. One guy, but I could normally, I could put like three scopes if I wanted on my team and not take extra damage and just have a lot of lethal fives, which is really strong. I, I think this is perfect for a starting team because it gets you everything you need out the door, but I don't know how well they do competitively. What do you guys think? Well, I'm interested in, in uh, what you think, Nick. Yeah, um, I see, I agree. I think that the heavy, um, the, the dude in Gravis armor, if he had a two-up save, yeah, that'd be pretty sweet. Ooh, yeah. Um, it sucks that he only has four attacks. If it was a five-attack, two-up save, you know, I love this guy. Um, but honestly, the 18 wound breakpoint for me is is pretty huge. I foresee him now, granted, he's slow. Um, kind of just walking up and sitting on a point, um, hopefully in heavy cover, and just sitting there for the majority of the game. Um, you know, just being that tank. 
uh, maybe even trying to get him the next turning point, the following turning point up into, you know, just further and further up the board as much as you can and not shooting with him as much. Um, but for some reason, when I looked at all the seven data cards, brother uh, Vaginus or oh, Vignus, Vignus, yeah, Vaginus did. <laughs> you might want to edit that out. I don't know. No, we're good. <laughs> oh yeah, leave that in there. Vaginus um, for now on. Vaginus, yes. Uh, brother Vaginus is who I would leave at home um, personally, just because you know, ceaseless. Uh, it's all right, but he didn't even yeah. get P one. You know, he doesn't have any AP on him. Um, he. I just, for some reason, would value uh, the heavy Gravis dude over Brother Vaginus in this case. Just my opinion, though. I don't know. I think in I think in loot, uh, Brother Achilles, 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 right? Achilles, the Achilles, the Achilles, the 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 heavy bolter. Yeah, (laughs) the the, Brother Balake. <laughs> the the heavy intercessor, I think that he's probably pretty decent on loot because you can literally just sit him on your back point. Yeah. And if anyone gets close, you can shoot him. Uh, he's also probably pretty decent in Overwatch. Just because you do get, you know, a four or five damage weapon. Yeah. Um I, I think I think it's gonna be like super match dependent between but I do think that the two models that you would drop would be the heavy intercessor or just the ceaseless bolter. Cause you're never going to drop the sergeant. No, you're, you're never going to drop the smoke grenade. Um, the smoke grenades also like has so much good, good play. I, I can see why they made it just one, a one, one time a game. You know what I mean? Because like, yeah. otherwise, you know, you could, you could ha- throw your captain up the board, kill something, throw the smoke grenade down on him, And like, no one can shoot him, you know? Um, and then he just gets to do that every single round. So I can see why they why they stopped that. Um, yeah, and all of the uh, strategic and tactical ploys mirror intercession, correct? I yes. didn't. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, they're like intercession with just a few chocolate. different cogs. Yeah, like you said, chocolate. Um, but obviously, the thing they're lacking, like Giacomo said, was uh, no chapter tactics, uh, no equipment, obviously. And then as of what, you know, as of today, I haven't seen archetypes or if they have tack ops. So I don't know if that's going to be a thing, but if there's security, they're going to be bad. Oh God, that would be terrible. And then if there's no faction tack ops, I feel like every single, you know, between security infiltrate recon and seek and destroy, there's always like two or three good ones, but there's never a scenario where you're like, I'm going to take all three of the base, you know, seek and destroy ones that I can. Um, I feel like every team leans on at least one of their faction tack ops. So if these guys don't get any faction tack ops, that's going to be a little rough. Um, like I'll give you this. If, if they get, if they get faction tack ops and if they get chapter tactics, I, I could see this team being on the equivalent level in a different way to intercession where they currently are. But only of those come to fruition. Cause right now you're like you mentioned, we don't know the tack ops. So maybe there's more rules that they're going to post online somewhere. Yeah. But uh, as of right now, eh, I'll still, I'm going to try them like tomorrow. Usually we're recording on a Wednesday and I tend to play kill team on a Thursday. I'm absolutely going to bring in my own, all the models, mm-hmm. the, the different ones from 40 K, but they are all the right models. So I'm just going to do that. To me, I have, I have such high hopes for this team just because like, yeah, intercession is more, probably reliable yeah intercessions probably 
more versatile. Um, this team is wants to play the game one or two very specific ways. Um, and they're not going to be any better into a vet guard matchup or into a pathfinder matchup or anything like that. They're very stock standard. This is what the team is, but, um, I have high hopes for sure. I think that this team could be piloted pretty well just because they are so basic and because they're even more basic than intercession. So yeah, yeah. you don't have to pick anything. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, pretty, it's, it's cool that each model is different. You know, intercession, you can have, Oh, these are, they're, they're two shooty guys, two chainsaw guys, but this is, there's one of each model. You know, you're, you're getting one leader, one sergeant, one heavy dude, one sniper. So I don't know. I think that that better prepares people for some of the more um, diverse teams that have different roles to play as opposed to just, okay, well, I lost my one chainsword dude on intercession. I, I have another one, you know, it doesn't really matter as much. So, which I mean, might make this team slightly harder to play in that sense that each dude's going to have to have one specific role, but right. we'll see. I haven't yeah. played a game with them yet. It'll probably be easy. Uh, also, easier in the same aspect because they all have a card rather than have to open a book that should be that should be helpful but the one negative thing i'll say about this team is brother deacon decian dacian deacon i've been calling him deacon deacon brother deacon um it's deshane (laughs) deshane um homie's face is whack yeah (laughs) yeah like it is I mean, I don't know if anyone's like actually zoomed up to it, but it is. I posted a, um, the magic, the gathering, um, it's assault uh, intercessor card today. Mm-hmm. And it's like the same dude. <laughs> 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 I mean, it, it's so, so similar that like, they both have the worst face uh, that you've probably ever seen. Um, have you seen that card at all? Nick? I haven't seen the card. I'm looking at his face though. And he looks, yeah, I don't, I don't even know how to describe him. All right. I'm sending it to you on discord right now. Um, I'm, he looks like he ate like a bunch of in and out burger and he is just <laughs> gunning for the bathroom. You know, that's really. <laughs> so in my, in my uh, Justinian force, uh, Justin Timberlake force, firstly, Captain, Captain, just Justin is going to get Justin Timberlake's head hundred percent. Right. Um, and there then brother Deacon is going to just turn into brother Titus. I'm going to take the, uh, <laughs> the Titus model from the newest one and, uh, go with that. So what do you think about that? That photo? It's very similar, yeah, right? That, that is, yeah, that might be him. Yeah. I think for it those, is. Uh, for those who can't see, cause we're in an audio medium, you can just Google assault intercessor, magic, the gathering, magic the gathering and find the guy's face. Yeah. S- very similar. Yeah. yeah, here talking about Mountain of Shame. I'm staring at Captain Titus from the board game. Let's so go. I don't know why. Are you going to build the Tyranids? Uh, why do you want them, Giacomo? <laughs> I'll send them to you right now in the mail if you want them. Hey, yeah, no, for real. Like, if you like, no cap, as the kids say these days. Yeah, you can have them. Like, I will absolutely take free Tyranids. Because I wait, are there enough of them? I did want to build them for the board game so I could potentially play with my nephew so I could get him into the 40k scene. You know, I'm and you got to you got to keep those nids. Well, wait, but do I have enough of them from the Leviathan box? Yes, yes, you do. Okay, yes. well then, yeah, you can, you can have these ones. Then. Hell yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. foresee myself picking up a Tyranid army, uh, need for a Tyranid army anytime soon. Yeah, we, uh, me and Saya both bought 
uh, a Leviathan box. And then we got a third one for the All Valley Team Tournament that we're going to give out. And nice. we also, yeah, we, we, we're going to be giving out quite a lot this year for AVTT. It's going to be sick. Um, yeah. But... Yeah, I got Titus because, and I was like, wow, now I have like 20 more Tyranids I don't know what to do with, uh, except I guess paint. But um, yeah, he's there. Titus also has a, wa- a wonky face a little bit, but <laughs> he's 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 better than Brother Deacon. So I'm a bigger fan of, um, I have a the 3D file. Have you seen the 3D file for uh, Titus's head? No, I haven't. That's a three D oh. one. Yeah, it's uh, shoot me that STL, man. Yeah, man. Well, no, I'll I'll shoot you the link to the STL. I'm not a okay. pirate. I can't oh, there give you the actual there STL. You go. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it makes sense. But you know what I'm saying. He does um, But uh, no, that one looks good. But no, I agree. Oh, His face is an actual model. I think I'm looking at it. I'm at least one of them. I think Daka Daka had it on their uh, or Daka Daka store had it. Um, Daka Daka has a store? What the hell? It's called Daka Daka Dot Store. Um, I'm not sponsored. So. <laughs> you want to be sponsored? No. Oh, yeah. I mean, anyone anyone who takes me. <laughs> uh, let's see here. I think it's called like Hero Heads. It's the one that has Henry Cavill, um, no Obi-Wan way. Kenobi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Obi-Wan Kenobi. Henry here. I'll send you the link. Obi-Wan Kenobi, Henry Cavill, um, another dude from, I think, the Space Marine video game, and Keanu Reeves. Uh We'll post it in the show notes too, everyone. So you guys can go and see it too. Cool. I just sent it to you. Um, I'm going to look at these bad boys. And then you send it to, send it to G as well. Um, But no, that's, that's a badass, And they're very detailed. Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, might be my favorite. I put him on a gray Knight body. I feel like the gray Knights are the Jedi in 40 K is at least from what I can discern. Yeah, the cool. I think uh, I really like. Um, they also have what's his name said in here from uh, a song of ice, wind, and fire. Game of Thrones. What's his name? Uh, Tar the Targaryen, not Targaryen. Yeah, it's Lannister. What's his name? The sister fucker. The Jamie. <laughs> Jamie. Jamie. No, there we go. No, <laughs> I think the sister fucker. No, I think that's supposed, <laughs> that's supposed to be Henry Cavill. I think that's supposed to be Witcher. Oh, like you oh. could definitely paint it because he has a ponytail. You could definitely paint him up as a uh, as sister fucker as you. Put yeah, him hell yeah, dude, I'm so. down. <laughs> I thought this podcast was PG. Um, no, you know, I actually put explicit now in in the in the notes. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it says it says that in our in our main could go off the rails. <laughs> um, no, yeah, so that yeah, I'm, I'm th- these are these are great heads. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna be looking more and more into this store. This is great. These are great. Yeah. Uh, you know me; I love those action those action heroes. So, oh, I know, I know. I'm trying <laughs> to think who I hated the most out of all of them. It was it was probably your comms man, um, uh, Machete. Machete, yeah, Danny Machete. Trejo. Danny yeah. Trejo, yeah. <laughs> yeah I just didn't like. It was funny because I was like, I think I'll remember what everyone is, but maybe not him. And then you said, well, he's always yelling at people. So he's the comms man. I was like, ah, yes. <laughs> Easy to remember. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> That's the easiest way to be like, yeah, he has two swords and he yells at people. And if they don't listen to him, you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Cause it would have happened. Like if someone had two oh, yeah. swords and he was yelling at you, you'd be like, all right, dude, yeah, fuck yeah. Run forward. Okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, is there um 
Is there anything that you wanted to, you know, uh, anything else you wanted to talk about or shout out or anything? Um, talk about, no, I think we kind of covered everything. Nova was great. So shout out to Matt, uh, Matt H for running a great tournament, Ben cash as well. He's part of the Nova team and just Nova in general. So anyone who's on the fence about Nova that wants to make an East coast trip, if you're not on the East coast, I'd highly recommend that. Absolutely. Um, wonderful tournament. Absolutely. Yeah. And then another shout out for some, just two upcoming events. Uh, if I'm allowed to do that, mm-hmm. plasma spam, we're hosting a community building tournament in Baltimore. Uh, rather Timonium area just outside of Baltimore on September 23rd. So that's just going to be a casual introductory tournament. So anyone, you know, within a driving distance, come on down. Um, you can find us on BCP or, uh, again, I'm trying to think who they could get in contact with, but best place is to go to BCP to find that tournament. And then last but not least, um, want to give a shout out to, uh, to NYO coming up, uh, which will be in November, um, I unfortunately can't go, but it's going to be a really good time from what I can tell. Travis, uh, Mike, all those guys, they run a really good uh, tournament up there, and it's right in Manhattan. And I think Adrian may have talked about it uh, on the podcast about a week or so ago. And uh, yeah, shout out to NYO. If you haven't gotten your ticket for that, hop on that. Yeah, it's going to be – New York Open is going to be an amazing tournament. Uh, Travis and the Brooklyn Rats always do a bang-up job. Um you are going to LVO this year, correct? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hell I'm going yeah. to LVO. I'll be there. Um, I think I told you I have a work trip that like coincides with the dates almost exactly. So I'll be there the 17th to the 19th for work. And I plan on skipping out on the work stuff to make it to the first day, of course, <laughs> which is yeah. that Friday. But I'm in that like danger zone where everyone's like, yeah, you can go to Vegas for two or three nights. But any more than that, you know, you're – you're in trouble. So, <laughs> so I'm in that like three and or four and five night, uh, range, which is a little scary. Um, but yeah, I'll be there. I can't wait. It's going to be, it's, that's going to be a good tournament. And you know, every, so everyone knows tickets are going fast. If you guys want to grab them, you know, like, uh, we, I had people messaging me, uh, today being like, Hey, I didn't know that the, the, the narrative already sold out. And it's like, yeah, sure did. So, uh, before you guys know it, uh, I believe that uh, it's going to sell out real quick. So, and make sure you buy it through the affiliate link on Squad Games Podcast. Oh, I appreciate you. he dropped it for us. Yeah. I did. Well, I did. well, you know what's awesome about Nick is Nick has always used our affiliate link for all of his uh, frontline gaming purchases. Bro, yeah, always helping us out. You know, this man's a hero. He is for all. This is yeah, half my mountain of shame. You know, it's just <laughs> I'm glad we can uh, we can enable you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Maybe not, I shouldn't say those words. <laughs> everyone, everyone wins. We've said much worse, you know. Yeah, we have. We have. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. How about you, G? Anything you want to shout out, homie? Absolutely. You can find me in Wargaming underscore studios. That's Wargaming underscore studios on Instagram, where I'm painting the three armies I mentioned earlier. But I'll say them one more time. We got Kasterkin, we got Tau, we got Votan. And occasionally I'm painting some other things that I get commissioned for. Um, occasionally i'm on there but you can also if you want to just like um just talk to us and hang out normally we're on discord with the squad games discord you know links in the show notes right there so you could join that join the discussion find out more about our events if you're in the socal area we have the all valley team tournament coming out uh pretty much like the next week so you know if you if you can make it you just got to get a couple friends we're out in the pasadena area uh what was formerly gameology pasadena i believe now it's games at your place i believe so yeah i believe so is the name i'm still good i'm still calling it gameology every time i go there 
Um, so, you know, you can get your tickets. We have that Listers Workshop uh, link down in the show notes. If you want to come do that, that's always awesome. And if you're going to go to any other FLG event, just like LVO, you know, use our link, as uh, Mr. Nick has already said, and that helps us out. And finally, I want to thank the patrons. They, they help us out a lot, just as much as anybody who uses the links or even anybody who just listens to the show. You know, that, that helps us all in different ways, and we really appreciate it. Uh, I'd like to give a final shout out to all of my opponents and everyone that came up and said hi to me at Nova. You guys really uh, made my trip um, special and what it was. And, um, you know, I really appreciate you guys for coming out and playing and traveling to, uh, to this event and really making it special and big. So can't wait until the next time. Uh, but for me, that's me signing off. Catch you guys later. Peace. The Squad Games Podcast is a production of Squad Games Entertainment. For more information on Squad Games, please visit our website at lustersworkshop.com slash squad games.